Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023, Anno Domini. Tonight's up headlines, transurrections rock the nation. Next, Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman, has been released. And finally, the meme trial jury deadlocked as the U.S. looks to ban TikTok. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans allies in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans women, if they lock you up for identifying as a woman, fight, resist. You're gonna die anyways. We're going to die anyways. It's time to resist. Fight them, hurt them. Well, folks, what you just saw there were images from Kentucky, images from Nashville, Tennessee, where we've now had the second and third transurrections. The first was in Oklahoma about a month ago. Rock our nation. They're sweeping the United States in the wake of the shooting that took place in Nashville, Tennessee. The question of whether or not this movement, whether or not these militant activists would continue to pursue this type of activity, or if they would potentially try to take the off-ramp, try to uh, try to think of some sort of, some semblance of sanity would prevail. No, of course not. Now, remember, we know what the rules are here, folks. The rules are that all of these people need to be locked up and they need to be held in pretrial detention. They need to be thrown in the federal slammer for disrupting official uh, official sessions, right? Official business. So they did that. So they have to be locked up and they can't be granted any type of release, no bail, hold them all 100%. That's the rules, right? Those are the new rules. But understand, folks, that's not how it is. When you have a two-tiered system, they are allowed to do whatever they want. And you just have to sit there and take it. They can do this because they have special privileges. They have privileges 
from a legal and a political dimension. Because you have to understand that in America, we don't have the rule of law anymore. What we have is the friend-enemy distinction. And if you understand the friend-enemy distinction, you know that it's in-group versus out-group. So if you are in the in-group, if you are seen as a friend, you can just slap on the wrist, you'll be taken care of, you'll be connected. But if you're seen as the out-group of the regime that's currently controlling our society, and this, by the way, even in Nashville, even down there in Nashville, where supposedly you've got a conservative governor, or you've got a conservative in Tennessee, a conservative attorney general, have you heard anything from them? Anything at all? Have they demanded the release of the manifesto? Have they called for this movement to be investigated? Have they gone to see if any state funding is going towards any of this? No, of course not. But now look, Governor Lee, to his credit, at least signed the law in the first place and was willing to do that. And in Kentucky, what you saw was that because they have a liberal governor there, their governor tried to veto a similar bill, but that was overridden by the state legislature. And that's why you saw the, uh, I guess we'll have to call him the, the Trunanon shaman, Trunanon shaman that was leading that transurrection. But I really have to ask with both of these, just like in all transurrections and insurrections that have been plaguing our nation, is AOC okay? Is she all right? Because we know that whenever an insurrection like this takes place, AOC is the one who is most threatened. And so Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, from the bottom of my heart, from me to you, we are going to be praying for your safety. We're going to be praying and hoping that you will be perfectly fine during these harrowing events. And if you get a knock at your door, it doesn't matter who it is. Hopefully it is not one of these blue and purple haired transurrectionists looking to take you down. By the way, if we have to do another map break, now I'm, I'm not going to, now producers, producer Angelo, producer Meech, I'm not going to be requiring a map break. I want to be very clear about this, guys. I'm not requiring a map break at this time for you to make showing us the distance between AOC's office and Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, Lexington, Kentucky. But at the same time, I want you to have those maps on standby just in case AOC needs them for her own edification. Now, let's go back to the question of this manifesto, because now we're being told that the FBI, now, if you remember, we originally broke the story on Monday, or I guess uh, uh, Tuesday, actually, that the FBI had taken possession of the manifesto. And the police chief, by the way, was saying, oh, he's only read parts of it. He's read some of it. We're also told that multiple schools were potentially targeted. A former pastor of the Covenant School has come out, or the Covenant School, which is attached to Covenant Church, has come out and said that this individual, Audrey Hale, was receiving private counseling from Pastor Scruggs, and that may have been why she targeted his family. She did, she did of course, end up killing Pastor Scruggs' daughter. And there was a question of, was it potentially, so what this former pastor was saying, was it potentially the case that the other schools she targeted were the ones that his older sons also attend? Was this something where she wasn't just targeting Christians, but in fact targeting a specific pastor and his family? We need to see this manifesto. We need to see it complete and in its entirety to understand 
how this person could have fallen into this movement, become so radicalized, become so militant that she took it out on this community, that she took it out on all these people. For many, he was the face of the Capitol riot, wearing a fur headdress with horns, bare-chested, his face painted. He was among the first to break into the building and headed for the U.S. Senate chamber, where he sat in the presiding officer's chair that was vacated by Vice President Mike Pence and scribbled this note. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. He then led a kind of prayer with his bullhorn. Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman, has been released from prison. And this comes just a few weeks after the video was released by Speaker McCarthy and Tucker Carlson showing what actually took place, what actually took place when Jacob Chansley arrived at the Capitol on January 6th, when he was let in by police officers while he was escorted in, and he was given the opportunity to walk into the floor of the Capitol, the floor of the House. They brought him in there. And he, was, he ended up being held behind bars for 27 months because of this. 27 months. Now, there's a question of, was he released because of these videos, right? And the answer on that is not directly. He was let out because he followed his, pre, his detention. He followed the procedures. He got a better lawyer involved. They were able to get him out. That being said, we have to understand that the narrative has completely shifted on January 6th, on Jacob Chansley, on what he did. And the question is simple. And I was on with, with Benny Johnson earlier today. We chatted about this. And I said, look, we were told for a year, for nearly two years, that this guy led a violent insurrection. And they used his shocking, right? Certainly shocking imagery. The fact that he was, he was wearing horns, that he was shirtless, carrying a, a staff of some sort, face paint. They use that as an image to propagandize and indict not just a sitting president of the United States, they impeached him, but they use it to indict every conservative in this country, every member of the political opposition, every member of the country that might disagree with the people that are currently in power, that might have a difference of opinion, who voted a different way in 2020. That image, his image, and to be clear, this was the most infamous, the most infamous defendant in any of the January 6th proceedings by far. He's actually the only one that you really know, right? He's the only name that's really out there with the exception of Ray Epps, but that's a different situation. That he became the face of Jan 6. And the fact that Tucker zeroed in on what happened, the truth of what happened to Jacob Chansley. The fact that he was not violent, the fact that he went to the floor of the Capitol, not to trash the place, 
but to say a prayer for the nation, for our leaders. He even prayed for the Capitol Police that day. And we really have to ask ourselves, why was it that this footage was sat on for so long? Nancy Pelosi, as when she was Speaker of the House, she had full access to it. The January 6th committee, they conducted, what, an 18-month investigation into this? They had full access to it. Did they release it to ever? No, of course not. Of course not. And so there's a reason that nobody in the federal government fought to have him serve his full sentence. There's a reason that nobody stepped in and said he should stay behind bars. There's a reason there was no pushback against this because they want it to go away. They don't want you talking about because they know they've lost the narrative battle on this. That's why they want it to go away. That's why they're letting him step out of prison now. That's why there's not why they're not fighting. So I understand, I understand that he's following the legal process and this was the general agreed upon date. But what I'm saying is there's a reason no one is pushing back. And the reason there's no one pushing back is because he's become inconvenient to the narrative at this point. And they don't want to have to talk about him anymore. He served his purpose. And I wish, I do wish, by the way, that he had had a lawyer early on that fought to get this footage out, to fought to have every piece of this released. Because sure, you could look, we all get how it works. He's going to make statements. They're all going to make statements. But at the end of the day, it's his word against theirs. And so if that goes, he took a plea deal, by the way, he didn't actually go to a jury. So had he gone to a jury without those videos, it's his word against theirs. And they're going to show videos of him looking the way that he does, looking the way that he did that day, rather. It's not that he dresses like that every day. And what's the jury, especially a DC jury, going to do? But if you have the footage that shows those officers walking through there, holding his hand, letting him come in and out. No, they're closing the loop. That's what they're doing. They're closing the narrative loop because January 6th is something that they don't want to talk about in specifics. They just want to say it was the darkest day in America's history. It was, it was the next 9-11, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And they'll say it over and over and over. Do you know why? Because repetition works. Repetition is one of the most powerful forms of propaganda. You take a set, select phrase of emotional words using neurolinguistic programming, and then you say it over and over. It's like that image the AP had when it looks like the Capitol's on fire. It's just, it's just the way the Capitol's lit in that photo. Right. You can actually go and watch live streams of that day. It was actually uh, I, I, I was there. I was there recording for OAN. Uh, it was a dreary, drab, cloudy day. There were no fires that were set. But the way the Capitol is lit in this photo gives the impression of a fire. So that's the picture you always see. The picture of Jacob Chansley is the picture you always see. There's no video. There's no context. They show it again and again. And so I'll say this to Mr. Chansley. God bless you. Best of luck to you. I hope that in your future endeavors, that you are willing to come forward and tell the truth and have the ability to have your voice regained and restored to you. This country owed you better. And you were mistreated. I can understand for a lot of these J6ers, hey, you hit them with a fine, you send them home. It's as simple as that. 
but what they did holding him for 27 months of his life for trespassing, we're told, when he was allowed in. It's disgraceful, and that in itself is one of the darkest days in our America's history. How we use the internet is about to fundamentally change forever, and it's terrifying. This is Bill S-686, also known as the Restrict Bill. You'll probably know it as the TikTok ban bill, but it does so much more than just that. It actually does more than any bill I think we've ever seen. I encourage everyone to read it by going here, and clicking the text tab, but here are the main takeaways. Foreign adversaries can change by definition, but a few are already listed. They are the People's Republic of China, including Hong Kong, Special Administration Region, the Republic of Cuba, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, and of course, the Russian Federation and Venezuela under the regime of Nicolas Maduro Moros. I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, but these definitions can change at any time. The bill covers hardware technology like modems, routers, and home cameras, and virtual tech like VPNs, and basically bans them if they are manufactured by or used to contact and deal with foreign adversaries. Speaking of VPNs, using VPNs to bypass banned apps such as TikTok is made a criminal act under this bill, and the penalty? It's a minimum imprisonment of 20 years and a minimum fine of $250,000 or $1 million, depending if you knowingly did so to access banned content. All right. The new TikTok ban that they're trying to pass, this thing called the Restrict Act, this idea that you could shut it down. And by the way, I completely agree that we need to find a way to sever the Chinese Communist Party's influence, their data collection, their surveillance on American citizens, and particularly American uh, teenagers, the, the number one demographic on TikTok. But at the same time, look at what they've put into this bill. They've put information in this bill, language in this bill, that's a poison pill. It's a poison pill, and here's why. Because they know that people would find this, and they knew that people would use it to kill the bill. It wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if the CCP's own lobbyists and the CCP money that's floating all around Washington, D.C., ended up paying for this specific language we put in. But here's the darker truth. There are elements within the federal government who want nothing more than the ability to be able to prosecute every single person who stands against them and uses social media as a dissident. You want to find, and you say, well, Poso, hold on. That's, that's wild. That's crazy talk. They would never do anything. Oh, really? Really? Because there's a guy on trial right now in New York City, in Brooklyn, the Eastern District of New York, EDNY, who was on federal trial for posting memes in the 2016 election. Now, we don't always break kayfabe here on the show, but I will say this. We do tape human events daily in uh, afternoon, late afternoon here in Washington, D.C., and so it airs later. So sometimes things do occur in between now and then. Sorry, folks, the business is the business, you know what I'm saying? But as of the time of recording this right now, Douglas Mackey, this trial is still, the jury is still deadlocked. So the jury has had this for two and a half days, almost three days as of the, as of the time of this reading, the time of this recording, that they can't find him guilty. They can't get the votes to find this guy guilty on the basis of memes because he got holdouts in there. 
And people don't hold out to convict. They hold out to acquit. You hold out because you say, I don't think this prosecution makes sense. We don't prosecute T-shirts that we don't like. We don't prosecute speech in this country. Just because you wear a T-shirt that has something disparaging on it to a specific target of people, whether it's a political candidate or whether it's a company or whatever it is, it don't matter. You don't prosecute somebody for that. That's what sets apart the United States from the rest of the world, or at least it did until these people started to get power in our system. And now they'll say, no, 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 we're not prosecuting him for speech. We're prosecuting for interfering with people's rights, let alone the fact, uh, never mind the fact, by the way, that they were not able to produce a single instance of a person who had their rights deprived at this trial. So even in this, they weren't able to find anyone who said, well, yeah, I thought you could vote by text. Couldn't find it. That's why it's a conspiracy charge, because they weren't even able to find a single victim. Weren't able to find one. It is one of the most ridiculous novel legal theories that we've ever come across. But understand the precedent. It's the same precedent that you see here displayed in full. See what they're doing is they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're telling you the power they want, whether it's Nini Yankovich at the Disinformation Governance Board, or whether it's the Restrict Act, or whether it's a guy posting memes on 2016. They want to criminalize the speech of political dissidents in America. It's as simple as that. They want bureaus and they want commissions and they want legislation. They want prosecutors. They want to invest. They want a task force. They want an FBI task force. Keep in mind, we've been talking about all week and we're doing by this weekend, we're going to have Chloe Cole. We're going to have Ali London on for an incredible special on the militant trans movement. You need to hear this special. It's going to be so important. Make sure you are subscribed on Rumble and on Apple Podcasts to Human Events Daily so you don't miss this. I'm going to be on my digital detox Sunday, but don't worry because this thing will still get posted and it is going to absolutely blow minds when you see this thing come out on Sunday morning and then it'll be broadcast on Real America's Voice on Sunday evening. But you don't see task forces from the FBI focused on that. You don't see task forces and informants and everything like we saw run around for J6. We've had how many transurrections now? Three at least as of today. Where the informants, where the operations don't exist. Who are they focused on? People making memes, people sharing funny jokes with their friends, people using the internet for entertainment, people engaging in the political process the same way that we always have in the United States of America. Political speech, not only should it be protected, it should be the most protected speech in the entire country. That is why that is the one thing that they are trying to stop, whether it be social media changes, whether it be through legislation, whether it be the Department of Homeland Security. But I'll tell you something right now. Every time you try to do this, we will stop you. Every single time you try to push one of these forward, a new commission, a new committee, a new bureau, a new law, whatever it is, we are going to be there to stop you. We're going to stop every single step of it the same way that we're going to stop you targeting our children. And it's as simple as that. There are more of us than there are of you, and it will always be that way. 
And every time that you take down somebody on social media, you take down a Charlie Kirk or a Jack Posobiec or a Steve Bannon or an Alex Jones, guess what? You're going to create a thousand more every single time to rise up and replace us. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>